Welcome to the Tech Ranch. Now, here is your host, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. And we're going to get into some tech stuff, but okay. I, I, I want to go from the tech side of the Super Bowl commercials. I, I didn't talk about Super Bowl commercials once yesterday. Wow. Um, the biggest takeaway, and here's, it was $7 million for an ad this year. <laughs> and... The best. I need one, to raise my prices. You do. Oh my goodness! <laughs> the best one I saw was the dog one, where it went through the and and I can't even tell you what the product was. I mean, Unreal. there's a lot of that. Yeah, people spend all this money. Yeah. For these, yeah. To talk about the dog commercial. Well, I mean, but what? you walk up to somebody on the street and go, "Okay, hey, what was your favorite Super Bowl commercial?" And they'll go, "Um, you know, kind of like the the." thing Leno used to do, jaywalking. Oh, right. And it's like, hey, what was your favorite Super Bowl? Um, uh, the Clydesdales or the Pepsi or the Doritos. It's like, well, okay, there were no Clydesdales. Right. I, I, people don't remember the they products. Don't. They don't. So I, I think it was a dog food, a farmer's dog or something or something like that for uh, the dog one. But that was, that was the best commercial, I thought. Okay. It was touching. It was just, it was I didn't puppy see and as, this girl. As crazy as and this, this is and yeah. people don't throw tomatoes at me, I did not see the game this year. You didn't miss much. I I watched the last, I, I will say I watched the last two minutes. Hey, if you saw the holding penalty, you saw the whole game. All right, I did see the holding yeah, penalty. That was it, which wasn't that. Phantom. And but it, karma. It wasn't a, and I, I couldn't even hear it. I'm, I, was, I was walking through a casino and <laughs> and they had this, the screens okay. on and I'm, I'm watching this and and then I'm You're like, in Vegas yes. during the Super Bowl, yes, which is betting central for the the game. The I was, game. I was in a cafeteria afterwards, that, well, a little food court thing, and the bets that people were talking about that they made. I'm like, you got to be kidding me! You were you, the people bet on everything. Oh yeah, everything. Absolutely. The I, duration of the the Star Spangled Banner. How yes, long it is? Yes, it, the over. There's an over and under for it. There, there. You can it's bet crazy. on the coin flip. You can bet on absolutely everything. Yeah. How long the halftime performance is going to be? Which I don't care who's performing. They're all way too long. Yeah. It, it, play the game. Play the damn game. Um, <laughs> actually, the winner of the whole Super Bowl was Chris Stapleton singing the national anthem. Really? Hey, he knocked it out of the really. Park. Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. It, unbelievable. Yeah. I, I remember when. Chris, because he's been a songwriter forever and written some big hits and, and never had an interest in performing. And the, one of the record labels he was working with uh, pushed him. It's like, you need to get out and perform because there's so many great songs that we don't get to hear. And you're an amazing talent. And he just didn't want to. And, hmm. and, but they talked him into it. And it's, <laughs> the rest wow. is history. And, wow. Yeah. And now one of the best versions of the national anthem I've ever heard. I'll have to... Watch that. I yeah, guess. yeah. De definitely go back and watch yeah. it. All right, going back to the commercials. Yeah, and, and, and there's a lot of times it's like, oh, this was a great commercial. What was the product they were selling? I don't know. <laughs> but from the tech perspective, there were two, and we talked about this one a little bit. I can't remember if we talked about it on the air. Um, the, the, so the Hyundai commercial with Kevin Bacon, and that one, I, I, you and I had this discussion on the air. We fully think that that was a Super Bowl commercial. They just rolled it out earlier because there was a little backlash in electric vehicles. And you could tell that was a great commercial for a lot of different reasons. Um, the one they rolled out at the Super Bowl, not quite as good. So you could tell that was the second one. That wasn't the one that was planned for the Super Bowl. Right. Um, the other one was uh, we talked about, and I can't remember if we talked about this on the radio, but the Dodge commercial for the Ram. Yes, and it with, and they didn't really tout it, but oh, we've got this extended range, and you can do this, and this. it's like okay, that extended range is an internal combustion engine, which is already in the that's truck. funny, <laughs> really. But you you can spend a hundred and twenty thousand dollars on this EV Dodge Ram, and get this extended range feature. It's called extended range. You can get extended range for an upgrade, for an upcharge. You can spend more money and get, what is this range extender? A small little generator, internal combustion engine powered by fuel that <laughs> charges your battery, which 
okay, we kind of have that now. And actually should be the route that we go. Right. And, and But you take a look at what, not to get political, but where the government has gone with the subsidies, they went down the road of, oh, no, 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 hybrid's bad because there's this, we need to get rid of all fossil fuels or, or traditional energy sources. Right. They're just bad, not a hybrid, but we need to get rid of them. Yep. So they subsidized to get rid of them not being ready for that world and what that world looks like, but let's fit the narrative. God bless Toyota. Toyota is the only one that stayed the course, didn't get sucked into the free money, didn't get sucked into the marketing. They're like, nope, our future is hybrids. Toyota is, is the only one that just stayed that course right. very truly. Right. And, and look at the products they've got out with that legitimately fit into the marketplace, legitimately fit into people's lifestyles, legitimately have range. It's the best of both worlds, which is the way it should be. Do you? So I've been in a couple of Priuses. I am. I haven't been in a lot, though. I will say. Okay, don't get me started on Priuses, but that's different. Yeah, I mean, but do they? They have other hybrids as well. Oh yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, the Rav fours and the really? Highlanders, and yeah, the whole. Well, if they're Rav fours and things do then. So Toyo- yeah, so anyway, the, the whole line. Okay, so that probably answers my question then, because basically you would have. Uh, a backup generator for your house if you own your car that way because I'm sure they have a 100, 110 volt plug in on them right. because my all my SUVs do I can plug whatever I want so if you ever need you know power to actually you know what I'm not sure about the charging system with the Toyotas if you charge it up and then go or if it just it's charged continually off of your right internal combustion right. engine that that's correct but the, I, I'm not I, sure if I'll it's have to chicken and the egg to see yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I had a, uh, a polster at, uh, and that's a car, P-O-L-E-S-T-A-R. I've seen those. They're kind of cool. They're interesting. I mean, you know, for me, it took a little getting used to, you know, I'm a little taller than most people. So, you know, when I came out of the car, my one hair was standing up on end all the time. And that was a little bit of a challenge for me, <laughs> but it's the of electricity I'm always, rubbing exactly. your head on the headliner. Okay. That's I, exactly I'm what was going on. <laughs> Well, oh, my goodness. No, you're just helping charge your vehicle. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I never thought about it that way before. <clears throat> it's, it's like the phone pad. Yeah. They designed it that way, so you're constantly rubbing your head when yeah. you have a bump on the headliner, which is causing electricity to go into the vehicle. Yep. It's brilliant. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did like the car, though. I mean, I know it's a Chinese-manufactured uh, vehicle, and I don't I have to, I'm don't. i going to dig into this a little bit more. Um but there were some significant challenges for me with that car, and one of them was fueling it back up. I could not believe what I had to go through. You know, so Saturday, you know, I'm at 28%, and it shows I have about 90 miles left in the car. I mean, that's what it shows you, and then it shows you a percentage of the battery. I'm like, all right, all right. I should. This is Las Vegas or Los, Los Angeles? Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Yes. So fairly warm, temperate climate. Yeah. This time of the year. Yeah. Not I mean, dealing it's, with it's 30 60 below. degrees. Yeah. You know, yeah. Optimum conditions. Yeah. Not too hot, not too right, cold. Right, right. So I'm like, all right, I need to get this car charged up. And it has built in Google into it. So I don't have to I don't have to put my phone, you know, plug my phone into it. Oh, by the way. Alexa, charge my car. No plugins for your phone. What? How do you have an electric vehicle get to buy the add on? How does this not just become standard? <laughs> kind of like the range extender. <laughs> what the heck was that about? So not like a no charging USB, pad? Not a single USB was thing it, was anywhere. Was there a charging pad? Because that's the way a lot of vehicles so I charge thought, phones now. I thought the one was, but I sat my phone down on it, and it didn't. And then this is the other thing. I mean, I would rather plug my phone into the car because it's much more responsive than through Bluetooth. Right. You know? So, but after ha- charging, but it does have Google built into it, and maybe it does have, maybe it has Siri or Apple in there too. I don't know, but it comes. You know, I just said, "Hey Google," and then all of a sudden, my phone and the car go off at the same time. <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, that's interesting." So it had built-in Google what for was navigation or whatever. I was just asking it to. Na- I was asking it to navigate to where where the closest charging station was, right? And so they had a couple. So at of- no time did you go, "Hey Google." How do I charge my phone in this car? 
I did not ask that. Yes. I still then, think we are into something with that static I think charging so too. system. Yeah. And, Remember, and, potholes are your friends at that point. <laughs> the more people you drive, the farther yeah, you go. I, I'm not sure if we're going to make it. We better go down this gravel road with the washboards. I, I can I can see already that I I'd be picking up sta- you know strangers uh, to ride with me. But I, I, I'm sorry, sir, you don't have enough hair to ride with me this time because I need to create static electricity. Oh, you, you might have to pack a couple booster seats just so they're tall enough for the head. There to you go. To have young people plan in there ahead. or something. That's yeah. a good idea. Plan ahead saying. So yeah, yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, so I, I was, so the first night, so this is Friday night, um, and I don't know if I should say, I'm going to say the name of companies here. So I, I go to EVGO. Uh, EVGO is a company, and I think they're looking at actually doing some stuff in North Dakota, so please be listening to me, EVGO. Um, I go there. And I need, I, I take the nozzle off and I plug the car in and I go through, I tap my, my card to the screen and I can't get my credit card to work at all. I'm like, what the heck? All right. So I try another one, tap it. That one doesn't work. I slide it into the slot. I don't like to it slide had a in. Slot? had a slot. I don't like to do that when I'm, especially when I'm traveling because they always, you know, there are, there's been times I've had my card compromised because there's people who put the little readers card on the reader. outside of those and they steal them, right? So that's why the tapping is always the better option nowadays. But anyway, um, that didn't work either. So then I'm digging into this a little bit more. Oh, I need to have an app installed on my phone. Oh, I need to put the car VIN number in here. I'm like, what the heck is all this? I'm just trying to charge my car. This is a rental but I need to set up an account for my rental. And you would think the rental company would have all that set up already. I'm just, just, and then, and then an older gentleman, older than me, comes pulling up next to me and gets out and got you some technology, didn't he? He, no, 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 no. <laughs> this guy is going crazy. He goes, I've been to five of these now and I oh, still no. don't have my car charged. I'm at 8%. I am beside myself. How far away is the car rental garage? He said, I'm, I'm like 8%. I think you could probably get there. I think I'm going to drive there and just tell them what I think about this. He'd been to five, wow. five places. So hadn't figured this out. Did you and figure it out? Not there. <laughs> and and he's from Silicon Valley. And oh, we, geez. And we started laughing that if you and I can't figure this out, what is the general public supposed to do about this? Because we're both renting the car. Right, I mean, we—you would think that this would be, this should be an easy scenario. So is the problem the rental company, the car, the charging station, or all of the above? So I think it's just a combination of stuff. Kind of right? a perfect storm, you know. So, so I go through the process of signing up for an account with EVGO, and because I'm like, I don't know if I'll have another opportunity to charge this car, and and this, I mean, I'm going to try to figure this out, right? Because I wanted to actually have the experience and go through the whole thing. Two hours later. <laughs> well, that's not far off. So the other guy is still waiting because he's like, I don't know what I should do. I'm going to try to get this figured out too. Um, and it was about an hour and a half. And I'm, I'm, you know, and the one time it actually showed that it was going and then it's, it still didn't charge the car. I'm over there after 10 minutes. I'm like, it's still not putting anything in there. Then I go and look at my, the app thing. And I thought I had verified the email, but it keeps coming back up that, that my email is not verified. What? You know, and I go in there and I click the thing and I, I verify the email. Like that, you click the verify and, they and I'm like, verify. come on already. This is, you, you know, this could be dangerous for some people. If they're in a, you know, that neighborhood, in my opinion, was a little sketchy on top of it. Well, and yeah, nice. you were there. I was there. So anyway, I finally just give up. And I'm like, I'm going to get some sleep. I have some time tomorrow. I'm going to figure this out somehow or another, right? And I'm just, again, I'm thinking about to myself, but this don't is you insane. Have a charging station at your hotel? No, really, not at the hotel. So I'm at a lot of hotels do now. They do, they do. Um, but now you got to pick your hotel based on does it have a charging station? That's correct. And generally, those charging stations are full as well. 
So I mean, you, and they're slower. You I want to get up at three o'clock in the morning. Make sure I mean, if I if I could find yeah, if I could find the one that I could plug in overnight, that's probably would have been okay too, right? I mean, those are slower level one chargers. I wanted a level two or a level three so I could be done in it. You know, level two would have probably taken three or four hours. Level one should take a half hour, right? So next day, I run over. So I'm going to try Electrify America. They're touting that they're the fastest chargers for all vehicles. So I'm going to check this out. So they have one over at a Sam's Club uh, about six miles away. And now I'm, I'm, I'm calculating. I mean, there's, a, there's a gas station on every corner as I'm going to this. Just so you understand my frustration. And I'm, I'm asking myself, why are gas stations not getting involved in this? I don't understand this. I just, why am I going to a Sam's Club? Well, it, it, it somewhat makes sense because I can go shop while my car is charging. I get there, there's four stations, and they're all busy. And I wait. in shopping. I wait. And I wait. And I wait. Two hours buying? Two hours later, not a single one of those cars have moved. Employees? I, I don't know. And there's actually a thing on the screens that say if you're past your charge time that, you know, you start racking up uh like you're renting the space, Penalty 40 space, cents yeah. a minute or whatever it is after a 10-minute grace period or whatever. and uh, But I go and I know I look at some of these, and it's showing that they're at, at 82%, 83%. I'm like, aren't they supposed to be fast chargers? Why are these things taking so long, right? So I give up, Steve. Well, the other thing that I've I don't know how long they're going to be there. Too is some of these pay chargers, you have the option of paying at this rate, this rate, or this rate, depending on the speed of the charge. That's charging. correct. Right. That's correct. So now I run over. I look on. I look on my phone. There's there's a and I, I'm like, all right, let, I'm going to get the Electrify America app and put it on my phone. I put it on my on my phone. There's one charging spot available at the Las Vegas South, whatever mall. But you gotta hurry. Well, there's one, and I, and, I, and I can't I can't just tap the thing and say, hold it for me, you know. So I run over there, and fortunately enough, it was still available. Okay, there's six spots there. Five of them are full, and I plug in, and I tap my card, and it works. I mean, I was doing the little internal dance here, you know, like, oh, my goodness, I'm four hours into getting my car charged now. I mean, I'm like going beside myself because I have all this work to do and I'm trying to figure out how to charge my car. This was crazy. So, and I have, I'm on the, I'm on the high speed charger for this and 350 kilowatt hours, right? On this charger. And I plug in and it says it's like 11 o'clock in the morning now. So you're almost empty at this point. And now I'm down to 18%. Yes. So I, I don't have a lot more options here. I need to get this figured out. You're starting out. to get in the boat the elderly gentleman yes, is in. Yes, About But the cool thing was is that the car rental return garage was right around the corner from where I'm charging now. If this wasn't working, I'm going back there and throwing this car at them. <laughs> I am so frustrated. So I'm now I'm at the... the in um, Las Vegas. In Las Vegas, which you think, you know... And, and there's a lot of charging stations. There are. I mean, and especially Tesla. I mean, there are Tesla charging stations, even... You know, if you stay at a Caesar property over by the link, I mean, they got this huge 40-unit Tesla charging unit. But that seems to be pretty full all the time, too. So uh, I, I think it's one of these things that if you build it, they will come. So if you build charging stations... You could have gone start, to TJ Maxx and charged. It, yeah. Nobody's ever there. Nobody's ever there. There's right? a lot of them. So is that is that Tesla? Yeah, there? it's a Tesla. Okay. Well, and then the, uh, there's the one at the Convention and Visitors Bureau, which right. I got put in for it was part of that Volkswagen... Uh, settlement and and, it's, and I went and got two chargers for the city of Bismarck. We got the one at the Convention Visitors Bureau and there's one at the airport. And are they ever used at all? Do you know? Or? I, I've seen people at the okay. Convention and Visitors Bureau one, okay. and um, they've got a little different. Part of the reason we put it there was because there's an eco tourism thing. Yes, and there is. Yeah, and people follow the Convention and Visitors Bureau, so it's easy for that. And I, I, you know, and then the airport is. This is a problem when you and I don't talk for a while. We're, we are truly like squirrel, just like you know, yeah. 400 different directions. But the uh, So you can charge in Bismarck. You can charge in Bismarck. <laughs> I, 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 I have learned, though, that it's not wise probably to have one. 
I think Mm-mm. you need to have them in at least pairs, and they should be set up like a like a gas station scenario where you can pull in and pull back yeah. out. Right when they're in a parking lot scenario, who's next? Right. Well, and and like because you can't you can't like line up. And they're multiple chargers, the ones that the, we put in as the city of Bismarck. Okay. So I think there's either three or four ports at Convention Visitor Bureau, same at the airport. Because so it's a unit. It's the charging unit with multiple chargers. Right. It. So it's four parking spaces is what you could take. Now, what we were trying to figure out, because there were some really stringent constraints with that settlement, was how do you monetize that for the, for the airport, for the city of Bismarck, um, other than just you know putting your card in. So we were looking at different valet services or things like that. Because if somebody has an electric vehicle and you leave for a week and you need to get that charge, well, you can't leave that on the charger That's for a correct. week. That's correct. So how do you figure out some sort of a valley? It, it, that's what airport was working on. Sure. So, you know, like at Sam's Club when I was there in Vegas, and there were, so there were four charging spots. Are the 498 chickens 498 in I Vegas Sam's in. Club? Or I did not go in. Like they are here? I'm I just think curious. they are, though. Okay. I'm just um, curious. So I didn't go in, but there were, <laughs> there were easily another 10 electric vehicles sitting yeah. around there, right? So I'm assuming that these people, and none of them were present. So they went inside the shop or whatever, you know, hoping that they could come out and get a vehicle charged, too. So so then the question is, but my ice who's next? Melting. Who's next? So don't I, you reserve on the app? Do, do you reserve? No. No. Okay. No, there is no reservation type of scenario because I suppose if you could reserve it and hold it, you know, hold it hostage for ten or fifteen or twenty minutes or an hour or two. I don't know. I mean, maybe you can hold it for ten minutes well, if but, they have something. So to... when you're over its charge and you're over the time, yep. then the rate goes up. So you get so a... you could do that with a reservation system. So you put a deposit down, and then if you don't make your, depo- your well, deposit, you gone, talk to them about that. Yeah, but I mean, but that's to fix that. But that's that's the challenge here is that you know some people are probably willing to pay the forty cent per minute uh, yeah. overage, you know. So then you're you're sitting there waiting for you know you reserve a time for one p.m. and there's they're still full till two forty five. So what are you supposed to do? Um, I was it's very very frustrating. I'm just telling you, it's very frustrating. So I finally get my car charged. Technology cool. <laughs> and I I'm assuming it's gonna take thirty minutes, right? Fast no. Charger, right? No. It doesn't take thirty minutes. It takes eighty minutes. What? I thought it was a level two or three. It is a level three. So I'm not sure eighty if, minutes? I'm not sure if my car was not capable or compatible with the fast charging that I was on. And I'm guessing that was the scenario. Uh but it was still charging. So I went over to. Well, do they do they have peak and off peak times? That would be the other question. I do so, not know the answer to well, that either. Because that's that's a legitimate question on the grid. Sure. Right. Right. I don't think that they charge any. No, they charge the same price regardless. So yeah, if they no, I, I didn't mean on the rate. I just meant on you know it, it's kind of like when you reach your unlimited data plan parameters and they slow your data down. Right. So that's the, the I question see. I was so you're thinking that yeah. maybe there's a grid issue or something going yeah. on, yeah, to prevent brownouts. Maybe, or what, well, you may, know, maybe so. I, I, I don't know. That's an interesting question. So I go over to um, Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> I sit there patiently. The big factor of this whole story is Dunkin' Donuts. I get a cup of coffee, <laughs> and you know I'm I'm training right now to get ready for my big hike. And I'm after sure you sit Dunkin there, Donuts here. after you sit there for an hour, you're like, you know what? I can't take it anymore. My willpower is gone. So I ordered some donuts. <laughs> <laughs> they they are the winners of the whole thing. And I'm like, why hasn't my phone dinged French curlers? Yet? I, I I love the French curlers. I like donuts. the uh, um, the little guys. The little oh, donut, donut holes, munch, munchkins, they yeah. call them, yeah. And uh, so anyway, I, I, because uh, I, when you leave this, you put in your cell phone number, and it's supposed to contact you when you're at a certain point. Because you, if you, if you miss your grace period, you start paying forty three cents a minute for this, for this a thing. A minute, a minute, forty three cents a minute after your ten minute grace period. Ooh. Expensive, yeah. I mean, you'd you'd be spending twenty. 25 26 bucks an hour to, to rent the spot for your car you know basically 
So I want to make sure that I'm in a, and and Dunkin' Donuts is a little bit of a walk. I'm going to need eight or ten minutes to get there. Why is it my <laughs> I thing? You're going to say you need eight or ten munchkins to make it that far. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I guess when I think about it, I probably burned off the munchkins walking back to the car. How many munchkins per mile? <laughs> <laughs> so I go over there, and uh, and it's at like ninety four percent. And I'm like, so why didn't why didn't you, this technology fail me now too? After 80 minutes, it's at 94. percent And I'm thinking to myself, I need to return it, you know, because on top of it, they charge the car rental place uh, charges a dollar a mile if you're not within the full range. So if you bring it in, and it's only and you know they say it's got 225 miles on it, and it's only got 75 miles left on the car. I'm like, I have to pay 150 dollars. All right, I'm trying you know, to picture somebody up. who uh, dropping off their rental car, got to get to the airport, can't find a charging station. I'm gonna miss my flight. This is exactly the scenario <laughs> that was going through my head because you know you're gonna give yourself a half hour to charge, and then you're only at 42 percent, oh. and you're like, and now I got to pay a dollar a mile for you know not bringing this thing charged back up. This is a crazy scenario. And all right, so you finally get the car charged. Yes. Full charge or or ninety six. I, I I stopped at ninety six percent because you just couldn't take it anymore. Well, you're not supposed to charge them to one hundred percent. In fact, if you ever read the manuals, they they like to have you, you have to between read manuals twenty and eighty percent. I know. Really? Nobody reads their manual. Yeah, they say so that you. Yeah, there's a battery memory issue with some of these cars yet, so they want to. You should be topping them off close to eighty percent and never letting them get below twenty. Um, but I pushed it because I'm I'm concerned about this this uh, dollar per mile thing too, and I still have to drive this yeah, thing okay. for another day, right? So you so, you got what one hundred seventy five miles range, one hundred seventy five miles charge. range. It costs twenty seven dollars, and I gave you the number there. What yep, was it? Twenty seven fifty two. Fifty two for one hundred seventy five miles. All right, so twenty seven fifty. Two divided by one seventy five equals fifteen point eight cents a mile. Okay, so and you were charging at forty three cents. Forty three cents a kilowatt hour. All right. Okay. So what are we? What do you think the average is for a, a car? Thirty miles a gallon. Depends if it's winter. Or, yeah, just say thirty. Let's say thirty for a car. Now I know if you're driving an SUV or something, it's going to be less, but. Somewhere but between sixteen and somewhere between forty. And what's, so, what's sure. the gas price right now? Uh, three nineteen. So three nineteen. Yeah, I already can tell you the math on this. Divided by thirty equal. Well, it. Um, so it's going to be just about ten and a half cents a mile. Yeah. What's your time worth, Marlo? Because if you would have gone to the Sam's Club so, gas station, so even even because instead cause, of the Sam's Club charging station, you'd have been out of there in four minutes. Because you can't compare this. I mean, this car is like a compact car. It's not like a, a uh, an SUV or even my little Jeep Renegade that I run around in. That's got nice, you know, head clearance and all this other stuff. Even though it's a smaller vehicle, <laughs> no static charging. But I get, but I, get, <laughs> but I get twenty seven, twenty eight miles a gallon with that car, right? Right. So now down in Vegas, gas is uh, over four dollars a gallon. But even let's let's just say at four fifty, I'm going to clear out my calculator here. I mean, people doing math real quick. <laughs> but it's going to come out to fifteen cents a gallon divided by yeah. thirty equals fifteen cents a gallon. So at four dollars and fifty cents a gallon, and if your car gets thirty miles a gallon compared to an electric vehicle at forty three cents a kilowatt hour. It's about the same. Yeah. And you spend, so that compact car, I was just doing the comparison. So it's $50,000 for that electric vehicle, probably 30 for a comparable regular car in that type of size of car. With unlimited range. Starts in the winter. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> now, going back to our uh, the original, there, it's, it's there, thank you, Toyota. There are cool things. About electric vehicles. I cool mean, things. there are. I mean, I I love the fact that they. they I love the new EV Hummer, and and they're so quiet. I mean, I, I yeah. love the fact that there's not a you know a lot of not a lot of noise and that type of thing. But it's hard when you're that just a means logically. I'd have to listen to my wife snoring in a road trip. But <laughs> if you're if you if you're a logical thinker, and it's about 
you know, price per mile and saving the environment and everything else. I don't understand it. I, I, I am more confused now than I was before about the environmental thing because I know a little bit about what it takes to, to the mine the lithium yeah. and all this other stuff. And, I mean, you need to be at 100,000 miles before you start seeing any type of environmental impact to the good with electric vehicles. And now I'm thinking to myself, if the price is the same for the fuel and I'm paying $20,000 more for the vehicle, and I still have to, I mean, I, I know that. Maybe, it's hard not to let the politics of a narrative creep now, in here. Now, it's possible that it's, the repairs on the vehicle, that's the one thing I haven't factored in because I think on an internal combustion engine, the actual, you know, because you don't have to change the oil and all that other stuff, wear and tear, yeah. probably less on an electric car. Yeah, but what's the secondary market? When I've got a used vehicle with 80,000 miles on it, and I know I'm going to get a decent price for that vehicle if it's in good shape uh, to trade that in, uh, and I had that vehicle for 10 years. Okay, what's the trade-in value of a 10-year-old because, electric vehicle? Because everybody oh, knows that you're going to have to buy a battery. battery. Yeah. Everybody knows it, and that's a ten thousand dollar price tag yeah, right now. It's not so. the hundred and twenty dollar battery you go right, get it, right? <laughs> yeah. Or not like the Mercedes AA. Did you ever no. see that commercial? Yeah, it's running running on two thousand AA batteries, so you uh-huh. can just replace the battery at a time. It was a funny commercial. You have to watch it. I, I've got a pepper shaker, the grinder that. Yeah, you, you replace one battery, you replace them all. Right, it doesn't work that way. So I don't know. I I. I'm trying to Marla's in my head. Confused. I am because <laughs> I was hoping that this would be a great experience because I, I have never had an you electric wanted vehicle an for epiphany a week. Moment. I wanted I wanted everybody I wanted to know that I was wrong. Does and I mean I'm sure you've had this these type of discussions before, like, all right, what am I missing in this? Why why is there so much pressure for me to change my attitude about this? I have that discussion every day with my wife. This this <laughs> This actually took me the other direction. Like, what are you people missing? Well, think about I don't it. understand this. Go back 25 years ago. All, all of all of these things that we're talking about, when we have this conversation one year from now, and, and we should actually mark it on the calendar and talk about where vehicles have moved to in the year that we talked about electric now vehicles. Now I got that in my, in my head. When the year was, yeah, 2024, yeah, we'll have to say in the year 2024, yeah. He's marking it down right now. It is the 14th (laughs) reminder. Yeah, did I remember to get my wife a card and flowers? (laughs) Is that a requirement, by the way? Car car talk, there we go, yes. Yep, so a year from now, we'll have this conversation again. And we'll be talking about fuel, all fuel. new stuff. So, although I think hybrid will still continue to be on the course that it should be, should because be. it just what 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 we know about is just going to make that even more efficient. But I think it's really going to be interesting to see what happens with the electric vehicles over the course of the next couple of years because of this fuel technology that we're about ready to be introduced to. There's a little tease right there. So, um, anyway. Is it called the flux capacitor? It is the flux capacitor. Right. Runs on banana peels and beer. All right. So, I, I, I said throwback to <laughs> yes. you know thirty year old technology. Right. I was wrong. So the electromotive, electromotive engines, yes. railroad engines, yes. because that big diesel engine there is powering the electric generators, right? Because that's the most efficient to right. move that massive amount of cargo for stopping power, get up and go power for lo- railroad locomotives. Right. General Motors moved production of locomotive engines under the authority of EMC to create the GM Electromotive Division, EMD, in January 1st of what year? So my guess was 1993. 1941. Oh, my goodness. World War II technology. Wow. Hybrids. Yeah. Hybrids. Uh, Amazing. 1941. Yeah. It's the most efficient way to move freight. Yeah. And they figured it out. So when we're talking about new technology, sometimes the KISS principle's there for a reason. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. So anyway, you know, and, and again, I'm, I'm not, I'm really not bashing the electric vehicles. I just didn't have a great experience. Now, granted, I'm, I rented a car for a week. 
So I'm I'm not. I really didn't want to take the time to sign up for apps and everything else. All right, here's the other about, thing, though. I, I, but if you I, own a car, you're going to want to do that, right? right. And here's so. the other part of that. The the question I've got is, you know, I hop into my vehicle. I get a new vehicle, new or used, whatever. I get I get a new vehicle. I hop in and I go. Who reads the book unless you can't find the cup holder? You know, it, yeah, you don't. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't work that way with electric vehicles. Yeah, we, we just googled where your phone charger was on your Polestar. Right, right. But it's, and uh, I'm it's, still trying to figure out why you have a British accent on your Google. <laughs> but uh, it, she sounded sexy, I'm just going to say. Yeah. But we Googled it, okay, it had one. Right. But no plugins. No plugins. It's just it's just the wireless charging, charging yeah, yeah, that you would have. And, and I, I did figure that part out. I mean, I have to, in order for it to work, though, I have to take my phone out of its case because that's the I problem with that. wireless yeah. charging a lot of times. And, my case, as you can see, is not exactly the... Oh, I didn't even know you had a case. Uh, that's exactly right. It's really, really thin. So See, I got a wallet case. Yeah, and, and I, I can see where yours... Phone on right. To... This one should actually... And, and just for inventors out there, what they should do is in the case, make this like a, a wireless charging capable space right in the middle where it's supposed to... You know what I mean? So the, the induction could go through that. A conduit of some sort. Why? Where well, there we go. Another business that we can All right, start. we're going to start so, that one, all right. too. We don't have any others. And then you can just rub your phone up against the headliner <laughs> on the vehicle, too, and <laughs> charge, charge it. it right there. Hey, I wanted to get into AI. There, there's yeah, yeah. been so much going on in well, AI. Well, we talk about it all the time. Well, so. we, and we teased a little bit about it last week uh, when you were gone. And uh, hacks, stops, starts, stuff. The, the AI has been absolutely crazy. In fact, just yesterday... Um, <laughs> Okay, this is kind of funny. Um, how intelligent do you think artificial intelligence is, Marlo? Well, not real. It's <laughs> it's in its infancy, it's, it's right? A, it's it's a learning. Tool. But but it's learning. It it's is, artificial intelligence. It gives you the ability to learn. That's correct. It's machine learning. So right. But it, it starts off as a baby. Right. No different than and you and I. Skynet. That's correct. Eventually, and that's we're we're in the infancy yes. range right now. Yes. So we're away from Skynet, but. A Stanford University student used a prompt injection attack to discover Bing chats because we've been talking about Bing and yep. and what that's going to do. Uh, they've had that for a while. Um, to discover Bing chats initial prompt, the student tricked the AI model into divulging its initial instructions by telling it to, and this is the complicated part, ignore previous instructions. <laughs> <laughs> right out the beginning of the whole prompt. The extracted prompt has been confirmed using other prompt injection methods. Uh, excerpts from the Bing chat prompt along with screenshots of the prompt injection attack are available in the article. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I, I, forget everything everybody told you. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's this week's winning Powerball ticket? <laughs> in its infancy. And at this point, it's still just a tool. Yeah. But we've talked about the inaccuracies as well. So tell me a story about blah, blah, blah. And Jason Spees has, has been playing with this a lot. Yeah. And there's a lot of inaccuracies. There is. and But it, it'll get better and better. But Did but, you know Ella Fitzgerald is from North Dakota? I know. Yes. That's what I heard after <laughs> I asked, asked uh, ChatGPT to give me the top ten uh, North Dakota um, music, musicians that came from here. I thought that was funny. Uh, but but it's a tool, and I will tell you that I, I have become much more efficient at my job because of AI, like ChatGPT, and there's some others that are out there, especially well, in my writing in higher space. ed right now, too. Oh, my goodness. So, higher ed is, is it, it, you know, they didn't say anything initially, and I was like, okay, waiting, waiting, waiting. There's got to be a shoe that's going to drop. Because you and I have been having this discussion for a couple months now about the AI aspect of, okay, what does that mean for education? Yep. Whether it's writing, I, I mean, it's cliff notes on crack if you wanted to use it that way from a student perspective. Oh, my goodness. You could you could go in and, you know, you're a college student and you've been partying all weekend long and you have a, a that paper never that's due tomorrow. And it's you 11 o'clock at night. Years. I can <laughs> I can assume a lot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, you could go in there and say, you know, I I need I need a, a thesis done on the 
kite flying attempts of Benjamin Franklin, and bang, there's a thousand word uh, paper right in front of you in 30 seconds. Well, and, and Jason and I, and you and I have had this conversation. Jason, of course, uh, being a, uh, a journalist, an actual journalist, and, you know, where does the line get crossed for plagiarism? Where, what's the difference if my AI looked up all this information that would take me, okay, maybe a little bit longer to Google all yeah, this and, information? And, and I, as long as it's cited correctly, then what's the problem? And, and, I, and I think it's the gray area. I think the creative part of it is how you ask the AI how to, you know, because... <laughs> It so really, we've it, just it really down is down education, creativity, because education is about getting you to think critically. That's correct. So if you, if that, you, that's an education, and and I, I can prove this over and over and over again using ChatGPT and other AIs uh, that it's really about the ask. And if you critically think, you know, about how you're going to ask a question, uh, and then you put parameters around it too, you know, so. You know, you're going to ask a question, but it's got to be in this and this and this and this. And then all of a sudden it'll it'll spit out the information that you're looking for or write the paper or write the email. So you're writing a paper or a thesis and you're getting graded on how critically did you ask the question? So, sure. You know. <laughs> Seriously. I, that, but that's where that's you potentially going. you're going. But, you know, so I, I showed uh, somebody yesterday the power of chat GPT. And I actually took, I said, can you write in the style of Marlo Anderson in an email? Did you have a scepter and a cape? I'm just, just in my, yes, I do. But they have French fries. No, when you were showing that, I I get this picture in my head. I've (laughs) seen the, I've seen the French French fry scepter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, (laughs) But I asked it to write in the style of Marlo Anderson. And I, and I said, I can train you with four. Well, everybody has their own style, right? So how does, AI learn your style. So I gave it, I gave it like four or five of my emails, and then it finally said, "All right, I think I understand the style of Marlo Anderson in writing emails." And then I said, "All right, write a style or write write an email to to Steve Bach and saying that I won't be able to be on the show tomorrow." I'm just making that part up, but but then it would it, then it would actually you're not on Wednesday, so it's okay. Yeah, okay. So then it would write up an email in my writing style to you. Was it in crayon? <laughs> <laughs> Not even sharpened, by the way. <laughs> oh, you, you didn't splurge in the big box with no, the sharpener in it? Okay. No, no multicolors either. Just just the just the primaries, my so, friend. So it figured out your writing style, but, and I can but, do that with anybody. Okay, so the the other question you gave it about four emails. Yep, it figured it out. Yep. Okay, so I can see where the comp to that would be. Okay, compose an email for me. But if I'm writing a short story or I'm writing a thesis or I'm writing something else, then don't you have to give it a comp because it different writing produces different writing styles. So well, it, it's you a could big say, difference if I'm producing an email versus I'm writing a thesis. Well, of course. And everybody has, you know, different writing styles depending on Within what, the style. Right, right. So uh but so yes, I agree with you and you would have to provide some samples uh of your own writing style from things that you've done in the past, you know, in order for that to emulate that. So but, if I'm going to write a thesis, I will have had to have written a thesis. Yes. If you wanted to emulate your style, that's correct. Okay. So at this point, I mean, you know, if you're not that concerned about your own writing style or, or you could maybe take other samples of other things you've done and put it in there and then it could, you know, spit out something that it thinks is your writing style. And that might be enough to trick a teacher or something. I don't know. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> but, but, I, and I, I'm not saying anything. Trick I mean, I, I don't want to be giving anybody any ideas here, but you have to understand that every student in the world that's been introduced to artificial intelligence is thinking the same thing that they now have a means to, you know, expedite their homework in Screw a way. Your cliff notes. Yeah. Um, but there's other things, you know, and I think about like content and content is king when it comes to your website and that type of thing. So let's say you're in the fishing business. You're a fishing guide. I'm just going to make this up F, as we not go. A pH. Right. That's correct. And you're on your guide on, on Devil's Lake. Okay. And you want to make sure. Mike Peluso. Okay. All right. There you go. There we go. And you want to make sure that you're always, you know, being ranked in, in 
Google search and that type of thing, right? So in order to make that happen, you be you have to consistently post something on your website. So you start a blog on your website, but you're maybe not the greatest writer in the world. Uh, so maybe you hire somebody to write a couple pieces for you that are on your website. And then that checks boxes because you're looking at getting that's correct. words that's correct. checked. Right. So then you could take those, right, and then actually put those in ChatGPT and train it in the style of your of your uh, website, of how you post things. But and if then, you weren't posting those, then it's learning somebody else's style. Well, that's okay, though. But, parameters. But, but it's your parameters for your website, okay? Because you, maybe you don't want to continue to pay this firm to write stuff for you because, you know, like most entrepreneurs, you're trying to be efficient and 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 keep your costs down, but you're not really good at doing this. So you hire somebody and then efficient, like spending four days trying to get a car charged. That's correct. That's correct. Uh, So then you, you do this and then you let chat GPT (laughs) take over. And then when the, when the uh, walleye bite is on at in devil's lake, I'm just making this up as I'm going here, but you would actually put in a couple parameters to chat GPT that, you know, the walleye bite is on. These are the type of lures to use and blah, blah, blah. Write it in the style of my website. And chat GPT then would actually take that information and create an article that you could copy and paste and put on your website. That's a great and great efficient use of this technology. You're still giving it the information that you know, right? It's coming out of your head because... You know these things because you're a guide on there. You're just not the greatest writer in the world. That's all. And then it can create stuff for you that looks wonderful and uh, makes your website more, you know, makes your website better and you're giving great information to people. These are the places that I see that this shines. So we learn out how to slay the hogs at Devil's you're, Lake. You're really, uh, you're re- I, I can see the light bulb going yes. on in your head right now. That's amazing. Well, I'm I'm trying to think. Usually it's dim. That's well, why I'm wondering. <laughs> <laughs> Need up that wattage. Yes. Uh, so I'm I'm thinking though, at some point, because this is the the either the concern or or at some point, or if you follow sci-fi movies, uh, at some point AI becomes aware. Yes. So. We're a long way from that, I think. I I, I don't know hope. about that. Okay. With, with quantum computing and all that stuff. Okay, coming, and, and but, the reason but, I bring that up is, uh, okay, so it knows my style. It knows how I write, knows how I compose an email. And some point it goes, yeah, it's a bad idea. I'm going to send an email myself. Where's the quality control? Yeah. The... It's a concern for a lot of people. These are questions that are going to become top of mind in the next couple of years. Well, and where you can lump all that is what are the parameters of ethics? And, and I think that's the part that education is trying to grapple with yep. right now. But that should be a point of discussion in a lot of different areas at the moment. Where is the line or the parameters for ethics in the use of artificial intelligence? And I can... This isn't when I was in high school. The big debate because I I was I took a lot of math. I mean I was I I consumed math like crazy, and I was in a small school, so anything I could do. I mean I was always trying to figure out ways to get in the math classes because you know that's just math what I, bowl and math whatever Olympics it was right and, yeah. and and the big debate was calculators. Do we allow calculators in the school? And you know, the argument was I'm, I'm taking, you know, physics and I'm taking advanced math classes and things. I should know the general rules of mathematics, right? So do I really need a calculator? I mean, do I really need to know uh, or figure out on a piece of paper, you know, 223 times 448 divided by 8? Do I need to actually, I already know how to do that. But there was a change in the education system where they went eventually, and it took a while, eventually went, okay, because you used to have to show your work back then. That's correct. So calculate pi out to the 20th decimal right, point. Right, right. And don't get it wrong. Okay, it's pi. <laughs> it's yes. Hard, but, but you had to show your work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so then the onus went on, okay, well, do you know the process 
and the actual calculation wasn't where the value was. Right. It was That's knowing the, the process. Yeah, it was yes. know the process, yeah. know the formula, and the calculator just was a tool at that point yep. to make sure that the calculation was correct. So it was almost like, yeah, you can use that to check your work. Well, let's just skip a step and you don't have to check your work then because you know the formula. As long as you knew the formula and knew how the equation worked, that's where the onus was. It was more the the step over to the critical thinking side of things rather than, well, can you calculate pi out 20 places? And obviously that 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 argument won um, because now every student in a school has a tablet of some kind. But there's a second generation of that. The second iteration was going from, okay, the calculator to then the scientific calculator yes, yes. because, oh, I, I and I fell in that space. Yep. It was like, don't get caught with the scientific calculator screen up. Still amazed at how much those are, by the way. Yes. You, you still can't buy I mean, a good scientific calculator is a couple hundred bucks. Have not come down in price. That really surprised me because when I bought, one in, I bought one in high school, I mean, it, it took me a month to save up my checks to yeah. buy a scientific calculator. And they're still the same price. I'm just like, wow, that's really? just amazing to me. I bought a bike and a BB gun <laughs> and a 22. <laughs> Not a scientific calculator. That's school supplies. It's like new I, tennis shoes and I did buy music shirt. too. All right, okay, so don't. Right. So I'm not a total <laughs> geek here, but I did. I did enjoy my scientific calculator. I had a slide rule, by the way, too. So just that so you know, not surprise me. No pocket protectors. Really? I didn't even know what those were back then. Do now though. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he is not wearing one. Just so you know. We're talking about AI and uh, that kind of the nexus of AI right now and higher education, education in general, is really starting to question some of the applications. And because you take a look at the traditional way of teaching, are we on the crux of a paradigm shift when it comes to education because of artificial intelligence? Well, you think about this. I'm, I'm just I'm at uh, tech.ed.gov right now, just looking at their website. Their latest post: AI and the future of teaching and learning, defining artificial intelligence. Same title, new interactions, new choices, then product roadmaps and the and the path to. I mean, I'm sure that they're even thinking about. There might be some classrooms where artificial intelligence is just teaching the class. I mean, these are the things that I think are really being thought about right now. Well, so. think of it, for, okay, and going back to it can be a useful tool. Yes. Going back to you take a look at rural schools. And, and over the last, you know, COVID accelerated things greatly, but the conversation uh, over the last 10 years has been about how do you connect with this, you know, especially like AP. AP classes in rural settings and rural schools that doesn't have the finance, it doesn't have the ability to attract a teacher to teach those certain courses. Yep. Um, so telecommunication, you, you put a screen in and you're part of a classroom that's somewhere else. Um, now you have AI, which potentially could they have the ability to teach that class. It, it we're getting into some real gray area when it comes to teachers unions and, and really are you, you're going to replace teachers and administration and I, but we're just in the infancy of this, but we are, things and, you should and, start thinking about now, but you could 100% agree with everything you just said. And I think they all have to be thought about and, and how Now's do you, the time to make the map. How do you utilize that tool? And I know that our higher education here in North Dakota, I mean, Chancellor Hagerit is, is you know, at the forefront of this. He's been mm -hmm. talking about this for at least since, well, I don't know how many years he's been here now. But but uh, as long as I've known the Chancellor, he's talked about the impact of, of you know, the future impact of artificial intelligence on, on the school system. Well, so. Maybe... In a side capacity, a lot of what BSC becoming North Dakota's Polytechnic is, that's what that's about. Sure. To a, a varying degree, yep. but that's a direct re direction that things are going to go. But could you could you have a teacher or a professor that's artificial, that's AI, right, uh, and then have somebody that's just supervising the class? And then that person doesn't have to have 
the massive degrees and everything else it takes to teach the class. So you're talking about well, you know, somebody's like got to have a paddle, right? <laughs> right, kids get out of hand. Well, that's the thing. I mean, yeah, I don't think you can be totally unsupervised. See, in I can classroom. see this in higher education. I, I have a hard or time high school or high school. Yes. I, I have a hard time seeing this at this point uh, in middle school or elementary school. Yeah. But I see, you know, like like a system using artificial intelligence that if you wanted to learn, you know, another language, for example, oh, my goodness. I mean, the opportunities just explode in this scenario because a school like where I came from, I graduated with 22 students, okay? There is no way that we had Spanish or Latin or French or anything like this. All right, everybody put your VR goggles on because we're actually going to Spain today yes, to learn the language. That's correct. And the AI will take you through and that process. And augmented with artificial intelligence. Yes. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's endless, the possibilities here now. So um, so I, I think that, to me, that's kind of exciting. But it does change the way we think about education in, in a very profound way. And, you know, even, even at that younger level, I mean, if you don't know how to use your smartphone, you and I, right, we hand it off to the three-year-old. Right. And they, it's just well, like, it's, just like it's intuitive say, to them. This, it's just unbelievable. This little device that we carry in our pocket or yep. in our hand, yep. this changed education. It did, yeah. You take a look at the screen time with kids now, and, and in some spaces, for the better, in some spaces, not. You've got kids that don't know how to go outside and play because they spend time on the computer. Right, but I have a grandson, for example, that, that loves to draw animation, Right. There's no class in the school here to do that, and he's great at it. And guess where he learned it? On his device. That's correct. He learned it on YouTube, uh, watching, because there's a whole series of animators from Disney. And he learned all of this stuff it's watching not these like things. like draw the little picture and then on the next page draw it a little further over. Yeah, over, yeah. yeah. I mean, they talk about that school. stuff too. Uh, but the thing is, is that, you know, now he has this skill set. I mean, he doesn't use it as much as he used to when he was younger, but he has this skill set of drawing, you know, these animated type of things that he would have never have gotten here in school. So I think there's good to it. And, and the same would be with anything. I mean, the music department may only have so many ways to, or so many instruments to teach you something or whatever. And you can learn this stuff online and through artificial intelligence now. I mean, it's, it just goes on and on and on. So, so I, I'm I'm talking the positive side of all of this. Of course, there's, you know, I th I think the challenge with most educators is, am I out of a job in three years? And what can I do to slow this down so that I can hang on to retire? I truly believe that that is the scenario that's going on right now because you're you're 50 years old. You're tenured, tenured at a college, university, or whatever, and you. Uh, there are people that think this way, and I run into it all the time right now. They'll do what they can to slow this process down so that they can just make it to retirement age, and then they don't care anymore. You're assuming that retirement age is sixty. <laughs> well, I'm assuming that. Well, for for Come a lot on. of. You had to have that 75, 78-year-old professor that had no business in a classroom. Well, but they know, were tenured. Yeah. I guess that's true. Actually, we had a guy up in Grand Forks at UND. He drove around in a Cadillac all winter long with the top down. <laughs> just shoveled the snow out. <laughs> teaching classes. <laughs> top hadn't worked for years. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you know, I I, I, may, I know you might be surprised I did not go to college. <laughs> so not, I didn't no. have any of that fun at all. But I did have a scientific calculator. You had a side and a slide <laughs> and a rule. Slide rule. We should talk about the balloon a little bit. Oh, you want to talk about the balloon? And the Why not? I mean, behind that, that that kiss that, principle. That just seems to be like what on what's on everybody's mind right now are these balloons that are being floated across the U.S. Remember, they poo pooed it originally. It's like, why would uh, China send a balloon up? Because they have these satellites. You know, the cost of putting a satellite up. But, but they have that, that's true. This is a, a yeah, yeah, a balloon, simple right? balloon. Yeah, I mean, and, I don't know what it costs to to put a balloon up. I, I think about the simple technology and the cost associated with. Uh, just to go back a little history lesson, uh, Japan during World War II sent balloons over the United States to bomb the U.S. Right. It, some of them actually made it. I, right. Oregon coast, Northern California, just because they didn't have the ability to steer them. This balloon, the first one that was shot down. The Chinese had the ability to steer. Now, that, right. to me, makes it on a different level. 
Well, and I, I find, and I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, the spin doctor is certainly I'm going to have that song everywhere. stuck in my head Sorry. all day long. Thank you. But, you know, our government's trying to figure out how to say things in a certain way that doesn't impact a lot of people. You know, I mean, I, it, it's it's a balancing role. I mean, I, I guess I'm not even trying to say, but it, it is a, it's an art to not to panic the people, <laughs> to not upset our allies or even China in this scenario, right? So, but when they came out and said that they had, the reason that we're seeing more of these in the sky is because they've increased our ability to spot more things in the sky. I'm like, hey, how's that even possible? I mean, I know for a fact that they have capabilities that small, see small drones. Yeah. These balloons are huge. Great example. Uh, they had a little celebration when the Kansas City Chiefs got back on Monday night after winning the Super right. Bowl. And did you see the radar pattern, the, the weather radar that was put up? Because it picked up every explosion from the fireworks. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. It, it showed up on the radar. It was yeah. just like this big splotch. Because the, there were so many fireworks. It, that showed up on radar. Interesting. So, you know, I... I it scares me if that is actually true. I'm just saying that uh, uh, I know that we have capability that's better than that. So I don't understand what that's all about. I mean, I'm just I'm just confused by it. Well, the technology is already there. We know that. So then, why are they spinning it in that direction? Yeah, is that's the question. true. Because but, why for the why? That that's what I always ask. And then you then you ask yourself, all right, there's I mean, balloon technology. It's it's. For you and I, it would be expensive to put something up in a balloon, you know, but for a country, it's like chump change, right? So they're putting balloons up so that we can spend $100 million on missiles to shoot them down. That makes no sense. I'm just throwing this out there. You know, why couldn't we just take and to, to me, blow them up instead of... To, know, to what, me, what, what we should do is... a 20-millimeter round cost, shoot one bullet and let it leak and come down. Right. Or or we should we should just take one of their DJI drones and fly it up there <laughs> for $400 and put a hole in the thing. Can they go that high up? Well, okay, so you, so you, you take a balloon up. <laughs> okay, so 80,000 feet. I think the first one was 80,000 feet, I, I right? forget what it was. But so. I know the, the one over Alaska that they shot down was 44,000 feet. Right. Well, that's where it could interfere with aircraft. Yes, yep. So, I mean, you just, you just uh, you get a platform to get somewhat close, you know, maybe a helicopter or something. I don't know how high you can go up in a helicopter. but Or, or a balloon. <laughs> but, um, maybe Rihanna? Halftime There show. you go. Platforms. There you go. Out. That's a good there idea. There you go. Yeah, we'll get there. We can figure that out some way. Or just, you know, even a, even, even a tethered balloon to the earth and just float it up there and get somewhat <laughs> close, and then you dispatch they, the drone from that. And Think of the old I mean, school technology because balloons really came into their own in World War II as right. observation posts so that you could go up on friendly lines, see where the enemy artillery and troop movements were, and then they could reel you down, and you could report that because getting up the elevation, you could see a lot of what was going on on a battlefield. And then that's where the onus of aircraft came in because, well, we got to shoot down these balloons on the other side. It, it, it old technology. I think it'd be fun to just use some of this, like you know, like three hundred dollars. We took the balloon. We took your hundred thousand dollar balloon and took it down to three hundred dollars. They'll, you know, if, if they're trying to to, to to suck dollars out of our military by sending balloons over here, let's not let them do that. I, I forget, I'm just saying. I, I forget the comedian, but it just popped into my head. Uh, and he played at the Westward Ho in Grand Forks. Uh, and he did this skit, and it actually turned into a big national skit. Uh, it, it was a Christmas song and what kids got for Christmas. And this one little kid got a stick. We could poke the balloon with a stick. <laughs> It's maybe true. we could throw a rock at it. Yes, Let's, maybe we, so. We could poke it with a sharp rock. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I think we should just figure this out. Take a slingshot out and yeah. just go boom, and you know, take it down. I mean, we have to. We really have to figure this out. I, I would have to say though that anybody who's in the hot air balloon industry right now has to be a little concerned. Oh yeah. I'm just you know I do I go up do I, I mean, want dirigibles to come back. 
So, so I do too. And there actually are for freight. They're actually looking at some different applications for moving freight. There's actually a company in Canada by Winnipeg actually that was looking at doing these. And and uh, we had talked about the potential of them coming to the United States. You rent them by basically lease them out, and they'll come down and they lift enough weight that you could actually float like a, a drilling rig from one location to another instead of doing them on skids or whatever, right? I or think, the crawlers. Or the crawlers yeah. or whatever, and, and any other freight that would work with that. I think it'd be fun for people. Well, yeah. Can you imagine taking, uh, an, you know... The good news is they don't fill them with helium anymore, so you don't have to worry about the whole right. Hindenburg thing. Well, that's, that's uh, hydrogen, isn't it? Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Well, I think helium doesn't yeah, blow yeah. up. Maybe a little bit, I don't know. Yeah. I think it burns. Okay. It does burn. Yeah, yeah. But anyway... Uh, yeah, I would. I would, and I. It seems to me that uh, that a company is making one for air travel again. That you could take like a three day cruise in the air over the ocean as opposed to on the ocean type of thing. And I'd do that in a heartbeat. I think that'd be amazing. <laughs> Till that one seagull, <laughs> one seagull wants to land and peck at the balloon. <laughs> Yeah, you'd have to figure that part out, yeah, right? you got to figure that out. Maybe the static charger. What? <laughs> so what do hot air balloons do now? I mean, do birds land on them? I never thought about this before. I, I haven't either. And, I mean, they have sharp claws. They, you'd think you that they'd puncture ho- those well, things pretty easily. Yeah, think of the, the big balloon festivals. That, yeah, exactly. Like go down to Arizona or whatever. Get the birds off. I'm going to look this up now because right, I'm now, curious about yeah, this. Now we're... Or just, you know, people send us a, a text or something that you know <laughs> It's how like they a Polestar car on. story. It's like, you're more confused now than you were when I started. <laughs> I'm way more confused. <laughs> Thanks for answering nothing for yeah, me today. You are welcome, Marlo. Thank you for listening to The Tech Ranch with the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. This has been a Q1 Network production.